This episode of Spectre Cinema Club is brought to you by Life Swap, the new reality series where witches trade guts to see who has the better life. Walking a mile in someone else's shoes? No, try having sex in someone else's body. Coming soon to Paramount+. Plus. Welcome, welcome to Spectre Cinema Club, a podcast obsessed with horror subgenre. I am your co-host, Garrett McDowell, and sitting virtually across from me, it's Mr. Devon Taylor. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, thank you. Um, yeah, we're doing a virtually, which is crazy because you were supposed to come here, and that would have been the first episode that uh, we would have gotten to record in person without Cal jumping all over us, because he's <laughs> gone right now. He's with his oh, uncle. Man. Um, I miss him already. He's only been gone for two hours and I already miss him. <laughs> his his presence is still felt. You know, I feel like if you listen closely, you can still hear him like, you know, gargling his food down, you know, in the background. <laughs> I swear, like out of like the corner of my eye, I feel like I like keep seeing like, like it, it, I'll like think it's him, but I'll then I'll like him. Then it's like one of his toys or something on the, or like the corner of the couch. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm being haunted. Speaking of being haunted, though, today has been a very weird day. Um, yeah. So one of the people, somebody in the apartment, not directly underneath me, but like almost directly underneath me, died this morning. Oh shit! Yeah. So damn. Do you know? Do you have any details on this? Was this like you know they're old, you know natural causes kind of things, or was there a, was there a scuffle? Is, um, is there I, foul play? You know what's I, going on? I do not know. Um, I was uh too scared to ask because like there was just like. 12 family members just like chilling in the courtyard all morning and uh and it was uh and I I desperately needed to do laundry um and so it was I felt very <laughs> I felt very weird I didn't want to be like walking by with my like hamper and being like so what happened but like from what I gather I heard it was a, a guy and uh, I do know that uh, the people in this apartment they did party a lot they did party a lot that's all I know Ooh, okay, so, uh, yeah. but, say less say less yeah yeah, it was a uh, it was a very uh, very interesting morning today. So, um, but I'm excited to uh, get into the movie. Um, my uh, choice for one of my favorites of 2022 um, because my number one pick already got chosen. Uh, we already talked about the menu, and then uh, my number two was Orphan First Kill. But Esther will get um, you know uh, her double feature treatment uh, at a later date. So that brought me to um to my choice today. You won't be alone to close out our uh, January of 2022. Um, and uh, I guess uh, it, what I am excited though to do this one is because uh, we the the previous ones that we uh, did talk about this past month were kind of more popular choices as far as uh, uh, a lot of people's favorites. So I was like, okay, let me try to get uh, the most obscure one on my on my list that I could. <laughs> Yeah, this is one that I was aware of. I had certainly seen the poster a lot, but it was kind of like lumped in the 
you know, it's nearing the end of 2022 and there's a big batch of movies that I hadn't seen yet. This was one of them as well as a, a whole slew of others. So I was excited to finally sit down and consciously watch this one and really give it its attention. And this is certainly going to make for an interesting conversation. I'll just say that. Yes. And I just noticed I'm kind of I'm kind of upset at us uh, a little bit. Um, this is the uh, we in or last year. We didn't talk any foreign language films. Not a one. Not a single I one. I did not realize that, and I was like, damn. I was like, now we seem uncultured. So we're going to have to uh, definitely this year uh, pick a pick a country to shine a spotlight on uh, to get some to get some non-English stuff up in here. Because I, 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 lo- I do watch a lot of non-English stuff, but uh, I just yeah. like, I thought it was interesting. And I was like, oh, we did do all English language films this past year. Interesting. We certainly, yeah, it definitely wasn't uh, intentional or anything like that. We did also cover lots of uh, series and, you know, uh, uh, like a group of films, particularly like American films, slasher, stuff like that. So uh, as much as I love uh, foreign language films, we should, yeah, we should make more of an attempt to represent. And that's also a call to action for you guests that are coming in hot you know true pick the uh, pick uh, you know don't be don't be shy go ahead and pick a one that might not just be those uh you know typical american releases so yeah uh yeah i'm excited to not only talk about this but uh look forward and shine a light to a bunch of other foreign language films yeah that'll be our uh, podcast resolution for 2023 we'll uh, make sure we uh work in some more uh foreign language films in there because we love that stuff uh, yeah. But you can uh, go, and we did do a month on J-Horror in uh, season one of the podcast, so we do have some in there. We do have some uh, previous episodes, so uh, you can go find those. But let's go ahead and get into the episode for today. You Won't Be Alone, released April 1st, 2022. This was written and directed by Goran Stolevsky. Uh, this is an Australian film, but the language is uh, Macedonian as it takes place in uh, the 19th century, I believe. Um, and this, uh, the uh, beautiful cinematography was done by Matthew Chuang. The score done by Mar- Mark Bradshaw. Edited by Luca Capelli. Uh, this, uh, at the box office, only brought in about uh, $335,000. Uh, dollars and it was mainly a uh, digital release it didn't really open up to too many theaters uh, this does have a 93 percent on Rotten Tomatoes on 135 reviews one of the higher ones uh, that we've uh, covered recently I think uh, definitely the highest of um, the ones that we did this month uh, with a average letterbox rating of 3.6 out of 5 um, and uh, we got some uh, fun subgenres to get into um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited before I get into uh, why I, uh, wanted to talk about it. Uh, how were, uh, how were your first viewings of it? Um, you know, it, watching this and it's always an interesting experience watching, you know, uh, horror movies for the first time and not necessarily looking at it from a perspective of, uh, just sit down and, you know, be swept away by the story and all of that, but really having to watch it with the eye of like, hey, I'm going to have to talk about this in a little bit. So really being intentional about what this movie is saying, what are these characters going on and all of these things. With that being said, I'm curious as to this being you know, not only one of your favorite horror movies of the year, but just the fact that this is 
in my opinion, <laughs> I don't think that this is a horror movie, <laughs> um, which is an interesting, uh, I, I, I think we'll definitely be talking about that. I think that a ho it, horror is in the, one of the, the ingredients of the, of the pie here, but I don't think it's, it, it's, I don't think it's enough of an ingredient to really classify it. I think that what? this is far more of a drama. I know maybe that's a controversial pick for the six of you who saw this movie, but um, I think that this is far more of a drama with some like finishing salt of horror. I don't think it's like a main ingredient of this movie. And I think it's precisely because like the, a lot of the themes of the film and what this character is going on, I don't think is that related to horror. Is that related to eliciting fear in the audience? Mm. And is just kind of using it as a, you know, a, a piece of this overall tapestry. Um, we'll definitely get into it more, but what are your thoughts on that? You seemed uh, perplexed, kinda, shocked, gobsmacked. <laughs> the, the, the fact that, because you were like pretty like, because whenever we were talking about that with the menu of people questioning whether it was a horror, you were pretty firm on that being horror. Um, but but here, when you have a, a, a witch that story uh, transforming via blood and guts. I mean, there's the visual horror angle, and yeah, maybe there isn't uh, uh, a inherently uh, like yeah. I wouldn't say there's there's no scares in the movie, uh, but there's definitely a lot of violence. There's definitely for um, sure, and in the fear, there there is an angle of fear, but like yeah, this movie isn't trying to scare you. Um, however, I feel like it is kind of uh, tapping into. You know, just like the you know the presenting life in itself, uh, in a in a certain way, and just like kind of just being like you know like there are things in the world that are just the way that they are. Like there's you're gonna see these just like kind of things. I think that like th there's a inherent fear in that of just like kind of uh you know like there's just like so much going on in life and like uh and you know like you're not always going to have time to sit here and try and figure out why and get the answers to. And that's like kind of what Navina's journey is. You know, she is kind of having this whole human experience uh, through, through the guise of being a witch. And, um, and, and I still see it very much as like, you know, like whenever, you know, we're going to get into like kind of uh, the gender dynamics and stuff. And like, even in seeing that is like kind of fearful to me of just being like, whenever, you're presented so plainly the the differences between like you know um you know male and female dynamics especially in that time period but um so there's because there's still a cautionary tale aspect to it um and but again like i mean there's still plenty of horror visuals to like kind of have it firmly in the horror camp for me but yeah yeah it's, 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 it's a heavy drama though yeah, I firmly, I don't know if, if, if I would classify that. I think it's obviously there. The movie's about a witch, you know? The movie is about uh, this person who lives in inside the skin of people, you know? Like, that's certainly uh, using uh, certain imagery and just kind of uh, uh, plot elements that are often found in a lot of horror movies, but I think that, like... The drama angle and the folk angle of this movie, it's its certainly uh, would fit into the camp of like folk horror, but I think that it's a little bit more of like, it's almost a little too contemplative, it's a little too almost like tone poem-y for me to really feel like this is like, you know, this 
kind of bone tingling sort of experience. I don't know. I guess it's it's a semantics doesn't entirely matter. Uh, but I think I'm a little bit more curious as to why this was your favorite uh, and to you know why this spoke to you or maybe your second favorite as as the menu was was one you were uh, really hot on. But I'm just curious as to why this one was your pick, and I'm excited to have a conversation. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you kind of touched on it about um you know your first viewing experience of it, and like I mean, I I definitely uh, had peak vibes for my first viewing of this. Like I remember I watched it at like like twelve thirty at night. I had watched like I was like uh, having a movie marathon that night. It was like my third movie that I had watched that night. Uh, so Oof. I was just like kind of in a zone. I watched uh I think I think the like film like previous to it was like decent but like wasn't great. So I was just like I was really like going like okay, do I watch one more movie tonight so I can like go out on a high note, you know? And I so I like watched it. It was like you know late at night, had you know everything nice and dark, and had it real loud for like uh to kind of you know really give myself into this uh kind of. ASMR mm-hmm. experience of a horror movie a little bit. <laughs> We're gonna talk you know. about that for fucking sure. <laughs> and um, and and you know me, like I I I, I like to it, I love movies that I can just like kind of let wash over me, and uh, and I just like kind of in and I think still with it not being even like I said, like it's not like you said, it's not very scary, but there's just something very beautiful about the way that it uses you know this uh you know these horror elements to tell just like this this coming of age story and and uh and just like kind of think of like uh how someone can like really just like have a whole life's experience like you know like and what that like kind of sensation would be like you know to after you've been hermited for the first 16 years of your life so mm-hmm. um it, just the way that it did unfold and you even said it you said uh like it, this movie kind of felt like a poem in a way and and i love that like it, this movie does feel very uh has a very like poetic storytelling to it um it's uh very gorgeous uh you know me i'm a slut for a for an aspect uh ratio um and so we got the we got the sidebars going like um, everything about it just is kind of, you know, it, for, for my kind of vibey movies, you know, of course I do like that. And I saw a lot of people say that, you know, like, yeah, it's just like kind of meandering, but like, there is very much a story here. Um, it, you know, and, and it was just, um, I don't know. I, I felt very emotional afterwards about it. And, uh, and, uh, there's a, there's, I, I like the, um, this approach to uh, the, the the typical you know for folklore of a witch um, and mm-hmm. this like kind of spin on it so I, I think there's a lot to get into here um, I'm intrigued to uh, hear what your uh, 60 second synopsis is gonna be like for this <laughs> well I'm actually laying down the reverse uno card here Devon, oh, since okay. this is this is your pick I think you know you don't necessarily have an opportunity to do a 60 second That's synopsis true. so I'm I'm putting the onus on you. Uh, that this is your pick, you know, lay it down. I'm challenging you, Devon. You know what? I can, I, I'm down with that. I, I kind of, okay. I kind of had, somehow I kind of felt like that was coming. <laughs> um, He's I, ready. <laughs> like for, for, somehow I felt like this was coming, but uh, yeah, I can do this. It's been a let's, minute for me too. Let's see how prepared you are. Let me know when you're ready to start and your 60 second clock will begin. All right. Well, I already had it pulled up for you. So I'll just 60 second myself here in three. Or, well, here, you count me down and I got my timer. There we go. All right. In three, two, one, begin. 
You Won't Be Alone is a uh, story of a young witch, uh, Navina, while she is a human that is cursed and turned into a witch and um, is then hidden away by her mother uh, to uh, stave away from the witch uh, who she has made a deal with. You can have my daughter when she's 16. Just don't kill her and eat her now because uh, that's what the witch wanted to do. Um, so she is hidden away. But then once um, her mother is uh, then killed by the witch and she is released from her captivity, uh, she uh, is uh, has to learn the ways of the world, the, the ways that she has not been learning for the past 16 years. And uh, she does this by being turned into a witch um, and is able to assume the form of various people within the village. Ten seconds from me. And uh, yeah, and through various life experiences, learns what be uh, as a witch learns to be a human. Bam. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Not too bad for uh, an impromptu uh, 60 second challenge. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. And I mean, and there's a there, there's a lot going on here. Uh, <laughs> there certainly is, <laughs> uh, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's only an hour and 45 minutes. So it doesn't. And, and for me, it, it goes by pretty quickly. This uh, rewatch, like kind of really breezed by for me. Um, but yeah, um, so we got a, a lot of subgenres going on here that we've already kind of started to go into. Uh, you know, there's is very heavy drama. We got the period piece going. Um, but then, of course, this is a witch movie, and uh, witch movies are always kind of inherently tied to uh, some some folk horror elements. Um, so so let's uh, continue on some of this uh, subgenre uh, conversation here about uh, how you feel about uh, this film here. Uh, there's certainly a lot going on in this film uh, of this sort of using a period, this given time period, but using that as sort of like this broad stroke way to you know deconstruct gender dynamics, especially in like a contemporary context, drawing parallels to like how we see women in this time period and how much has changed, but also how much has not really changed. Uh, there's a certain uh, portion of this film uh, where our, our lead character uh, is, you know, uh, Navina is, is is talking about like you know abuse from spouses and how women kind of play a role in the society. I don't know if there's like a name for that, like <laughs> a subgenre <laughs> name for that. I guess just like gender roles, gender dynamic, gender horror. I guess I don't know. Uh, I don't know if there's like uh, a, a word for that, but this certainly does have lots to say about uh, women and their role in society and men and their role in society. Um, I don't know. Do you have a way to put a finer point on that I guess I mean yeah um I, I don't know what that that would be but but it is and and that's kind of what I was talking about like in some of the the horrors that I do see in this film is um you know with uh, the these gender dynamics and kind of showing you know that like you know when she's uh assumes you know one of these forms and she's like kind of getting her first lesson of like you know like what it's like to be a, a married working woman and uh, is just like basically is like, oh, so I'm not apparently your mouth should never open when you're around the man. You should never say anything only to yourself. You are your sole purpose is to serve and, uh, you know, be onto them. Um, and just like when you like when you learn it in that way, that is like scary. That's like, wait, what? Like, so basically just because I'm a woman, I'm like not even a real person. Like that's like like so when you're like coming from nothing when you know Navina's gone sixteen years without ever even seeing a man, 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's like when you're just like the, this, uh, these rushes of information and the way that she learns them is very like still kind of scary to me. But um, but yeah, so it's like the with the and I like that you know she gets to see it from both sides too. You know, she takes you know primarily female forms, but she does get to take. Uh, a male form as well and then like kind of and it and like when she takes the male form that's like when the movie is like at its like brightest and it's like very light and like uh like like kind of whimsical and like fun for a moment uh before going back into like you know the 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 like coming back to reality for her of uh kind of being like oh yeah no like if i'm gonna live life as a woman like nope it's still gonna be this yeah, there's this also this period where she kind of turns into uh Bolsica, Bolsica, Bolsica. There you go. Um and she is talking about as you had said like this you know, uh, the, the analogy, because she kind of looks through this world with like, you know, the eyes of a child or somebody who is super sheltered, which makes sense. She was locked in a cave for like, you know, uh, nearly two, uh, two and a half, two decades, you know. So when she comes out, she talks about these differences. And you had already mentioned that it's like she uses like mouths to discuss uh, to, to, to describe this and saying that, you know, when you're crying, your mouth is open. When you're laughing, your mouth is open. But you can have both of those polar opposite seemingly kind of emotions but when you're around a man that your mouth is to be closed that you're not to be heard of but she uses women and the other women in this colony to really illustrate that and that when you're around men you're just kind of seen as a you know kind of piece of equipment like a utility that you know you are to feed the men you're left with the scraps that are there but when you're with women you're allowed to express yourself you're allowed to be yourself you're allowed to talk and you know and laugh and have an experience joy but when you're around men you're just supposed to kind of stay in your own lane and kind of put the blinders on so to speak yeah and and that's why i also find this fascinating as a as a coming of age story too because uh i mean she comes of age like kind of three times uh throughout the film because like you know she has you know her she lives until she's 16 comes out of the cave uh but then like kind of accelerates by taking the form of a woman for a while and like kind of has to still so it like kind of accelerates her like coming of age and then she takes the form of a little girl so and then literally lives out a whole life in in that body so she literally like li- uh, grows up twice uh, which is yeah. like kind of a wild thing but um but like i said like the the uh but showing the coming of age like in these like kind of different phases and like uh you know one uh you know shifts up the formula a little bit but it also um, it just like kind of gives you that that you know that uh, that shell shock that Navina is like kind of feeling you know like mm-hmm. you gotta think like how uh, intense you know just like kind of all of like you know handling all this information and like really trying to figure it out and figuring out it on their own too like you know and like um, is like kind of a, a scary thing of like oh yeah I'm basically like just like winging it myself of like you know of learning the ways of the world after uh maria uh ditches her is like you know like okay you like uh so it uh, the the tweaks on the coming of age uh i found very fascinating yeah and just in regards to like a uh, different subgenres that we see at play uh uh full core one that we already had mentioned uh but there's like also a cannibalism element to this movie too like she's a witch so she's like kind of a different creature but still humanoid in a sense and the way that she 
lives these different lives is by killing the person, sometimes eating them, but also, and this was interesting, is like putting them inside your skin and it like takes the idea of like, you know, putting yourself in someone else's shoes, like really literally, you know, to like an extreme degree that she's able to put these other people inside of her and that she's able to kind of see the world through them and not necessarily have any of their memories or their, their feelings, but just kind of wearing them as a, as a suit in a way. So there's definitely like a gross sort of cannibalism angle to this. Also, lots of animal violence too. Certainly, like if you haven't seen the film, definitely like a trigger warning in that regard. If you don't like seeing poor animals get killed in this, there is like a plenty of animal oh, deaths yes. in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah. And and I really like this approach to to witchcraft, if you will. Like I you know, I think it's I get kind of bored or it's kind of can be corny and cheesy. It's like, oh, and you're casting spells and you're making potions and like doing all that. Like, yeah, like that's fun. But then like I like, um, it, you know, these portrayals of witchcraft kind of being a little bit more. It's a little more brutal. It's more body involved. Um, they uh, describe uh, Maria or this breed of witch as a wolf eateress um, yeah. is uh, the, the legend that they're kind of tapping into here. And uh, and because so she doesn't, I or at least not that I could remember seeing because she only they only drink the blood of the animals because that is what Maria teaches them is like that's what gives them their power is uh, mm-hmm. drinking blood from the animals. But then yes, like but I guess uh, in a way, if you're taking you know uh, someone's innards out and putting them inside of you, um, I mean I guess that is eating them, just not without just not using your mouth <laughs> but yeah there doesn't seem to be like a pleasure derived from that it's no. more it's like it's a kind of a ritualistic thing like there's lots of as you'd already mentioned sacrificing of animals but it's to complete this sort of process that we see like mm-hmm. you have to scratch them and then you have to i believe you burn spit, and you spit, spit animal and, blood yeah. <laughs> on them and then burn them yes and then burn them yeah there's a, a whole uh a ritual that happens uh with all of this a pretty gross ritual um at that <laughs> and i love how it's just like uh kind of just like shown and like uh you know because the way that she does kind of learn everything is just by seeing and and watching and imitating it like that's yeah. the way she like kind of picks up on everything and mm-hmm. um and so again like i like that you know with this angle of uh the witchcraft like it's not like oh here i'm gonna pass down my book of spells and then this is how you learn to do this and it's just like no she just like kind of figures it out and like um and 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 there's still like uh also like kind of different parameters on because it's you know implied that maria is like centuries years old like that her like mm-hmm. thing happened to her like way before so it's like if you live forever but then when navina like uh takes into the the identity of someone else she ages with them so yeah so because uh, that that does raise a big question at the end of the movie is you know when she turns her own daughter into a witch is the daughter or is the baby stuck a baby now because witches don't age i don't know but but yeah, i do but sure. i but i do like uh this just like kind of very different take on it. they have uh these like witch talons that like come mm-hmm. out of their hands and that's what they use to like do the scratches and like open up this like nasty chest cavity um it, it's really gruesome i love the the effects on it too and I also like how uh, a lot of the transformations are like they they come up with clever ways to like you know like shoot away from it so that way like you know because they're probably trying to save money uh, with the budget here but they do it yeah. in like kind of interesting ways you know with uh with the sound design is very 
uh, cool with uh, the, the squishing and crunching, but then like they'll like focus on like someone's uh, back, like, and then like you just like see like a subtle change in their skin, and then it's like, oh, boom, now she's transformed, like when the camera comes back out. So I thought there were uh, some cool uh, plays with the transformation. Yeah, the way that they portray witches in this, I, I thought was was pretty unique. Uh, and when we're introduced to this witch, it the witch that we do see is presented in such a way that you're like, oh shit, do they all look like that? You know, the lead kind of main witch that we see in this is like, you know, completely burnt, you know, Freddy Krueger style. And it's kind you're kind of wondering of, you know, is this how, you know, in this world, is this how all the witches look? And she's also got like these, as you already mentioned, these talons, these like, you know, when you were a kid, you put the bugles on your finger, <laughs> you know, she's got that kind of energy for sure. But um, yeah, I, I think think that then revealing these these witches to just be essentially like kind of normal people like they're not that different it's not like they're with their big pointy hat and their brooms on you know with their giant cauldrons they're able to kind of live these lives and you're left wondering of like if she hadn't grown up in a cave or if this you know horrible thing had happened to this woman which we can talk about as well you know, are they able to live these lives normally? Could they lead these lives and kind of live under the the guise of just being this other person who they maybe kind of possess? And I wanted to ask you, because this was something that it's not just like this movie that it kind of frustrates me that it does. It's a lot of shows and, and television shows and movies nowadays. And it is kind of like this using witches and it's something that obviously has been done for a long time in literature as well in plays that like using a Salem witch trial or just how society views witches and how they've often you know punished women killed women even under the you know the understanding that oh they're possessed but it's more accurately that they just kind of fear powerful women I think that this whole witch you know are they aren't they kind of storytelling device I think is often a way to discuss gender norms and gender politics and a woman's role in society and it, this movie does it and it's again it's something that I see a lot of times nowadays to where it's like oh no the witch was was actually a witch it's kind of like that's not that's not the point you know mm -hmm. <laughs> like the point is is that they weren't witches and then these men in power were like punishing these other women for a myriad of reasons they had an affair with one of them they one of them got pregnant whatever and this is uh, a movie that kind of does the same thing it's like no they burned her for being a witch but she was actually a witch you know <laughs> did you is that something that bothers you or well, you know what do you take from that well i think it's they the the two you know witches that we follow you know maria and navina here they there's the kind of different ideologies here because like you know maria did have this you know tragic you know way uh road to becoming a witch you know and it was because you know she was seeking out like you know the the traditional family uh you know wife role that you know everyone in society tells her that she should have you know and that she should want and then it kind of like you know ends up backfiring on her whenever um you know they she like finds a suitor and then it's like somebody that's uh, a guy that's dying and then makes her like get sick and shit so it's like her and then like but this was after she like she saw a witch and like begged the the witch to help her and the witch is like no i don't like like i love how that witch didn't even say anything to her that witch just like literally like kept going on their way uh yeah. which um and uh you know but she only started the process too she didn't do like the full ritual 
she only like scratched her and then like spit on her and then she's like ah, ah, and so she didn't like even finish it and then so that's why yeah. she's like stuck in the burn form because that's what she was when she was made into like a real wit or into right. an official witch right um but yeah it and it, you know so she and so she rightfully has this like kind of more jaded view you know of the world like she's been just like kind of living on her own now and is like yeah like you know like they couldn't even like you like you can't even get accepted as a woman let alone a witch like so it's like mm-hmm. you're definitely like can't live out this life versus you know Navina just because of her you know very pureness of it all you know like kind of still has um you know these moments to still learn for herself rather than you know um and like kind of still has like a uh, an optimism you know that uh, Maria doesn't have anymore um but like yeah it like but would they um like could but but you see that like Navina is the one that is like trying to prove to her like yeah I can like kind of just like keep trying to take these other forms and blend in with society and like you know live in with them and Maria's just like why why even bother like one it's prison like you're uh you're a woman in a village like you're gonna be treated like shit so why would you even bother um mm-hmm. you know so and Maria and that's Maria's whole thing is just like she keeps coming up being like hey they're gonna find out they're gonna find out and then they're gonna turn on you and then uh, and then when, you know, finally they don't turn on her, you know, like, you know, like we do kind of get like um, uh, the, you know, the because like you said, they we, we still got the typical kind of witch depiction with Maria. Like you said, like we need to, you know, kill the powerful woman. But I like that the movie gets to do it the other way around where it's like, no, like Navina is like accepted by her husband as being a witch. And then like whenever um she tells like the the other women in her village that like maria's coming after her baby like the women like band together and they like kind of are like no so um it's it's interesting that we get to see i don't know i guess a little bit of both sides yeah and i think that the way the movie examines sex was kind of interesting and in that she we see her engage in 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 you're engaged in sex. I sound like a, I sound like a grandpa. Uh, we see her have sex with, uh, uh, with like different people and kind of different stages of her life from you know, the beginning, not really knowing what this is and having it just sort of happen. She, you know, morphs into, you know, uh, uh, again, what is her name? <laughs> uh, 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 Numi Rapace. Uh, I'll just say that. That's a little easier. Uh, yeah, but she's Basilka. with yeah. Basilka. She's with her husband and he just kind of has his way with her and she doesn't really know what's going on he kind of just flips her on her back and she's just like ow and then kills him um versus what we see it towards the end of the film to where she falls in love with this person falls in love with them as a person first and then eventually gets to that point not to say that you know women aren't sexual and that women don't just want to have sex to have sex because we certainly see the other side of that where she morphs into this guy and then has sex with a woman and it's kind of the first time that she feels that sort of pleasure definitely you know kind of alluding to how men and women can have sex differently and maybe the pleasure that men seek versus the pleasure that kind of uh women can seek which i thought was was kind of interesting i think the thing with me that kind of maybe stunted my ability to like really connect with the film emotionally is that there is such a hopping to to each of these different characters which i think is supposed to create this 
tapestry is supposed to create this portrait of again these these gender dynamics in this time period but i think that the lead character in this is so far removed uh and it's not even because they're a mute because we get to spend so much time with them in their own head and their own narration that i never felt like really emotionally connected to this film i think that the movie is so general in a way and is trying to make these such broad strokes that i don't know if the movie was really i never watched this film and i'm glad that you did because you said you wouldn't finished you felt like quite emotionally moved by it i never the, this movie never like raised the needle for me at all really like in any regard other than like ah yuck like you know i never felt like joy for this character i never felt fear for them i never felt you know horror at seeing these things happen i kind of just felt like a spectator just sort of watching this thing unfold and i wish the movie and it could just be a personal thing but i wish the movie was able to kind of like pull on any emotional strings really at all upon just like just you know just kind of disgust occasionally Mm -hmm. i guess you know yeah well, I think I think it might have. I think the relate the relatability part of it is probably like because you had mentioned it earlier uh, with it being a period piece for it to be able to kind of paint like you know very more broad strokes. Like because you know there's you know nothing like we don't know anything about Navina except that she likes to like put things on her face and likes to like frolic around. You know yeah. we don't know anything about her, so like it is like kind of you know uh, maybe a little harder to get emotionally invested in that way. And, Mm -hmm. and, but for me, I guess it's like, I, I just feel, I, I felt emotionally connected to just like the idea of anybody like kind of feeling that like, it wasn't me. Like I wasn't being like, oh yeah, like, no, like it's, you know, I care so much about Navina. It was just Mm -hmm. like, kind of, it was an interesting, um, watch of just being like, oh, I'm watching a character, but I feel the empathy for this character that I would feel about like if it was, you know, a, a, uh, you know, this person, or if it was set in this time period, like it could mm-hmm. kind of, so for me that like it, it, that appeal of it being a little bit more, uh, universal. Um, and, and, and I thought that's like kind of a feat in itself of the movie to be able to do that, to like kind of, uh, portray this uh, kind of experience in a, in a very universal, uh, manner to where it's just like kind of like the, the, when you kind of are boiling life down to its basic things, it's, you know, it's like you work, you fall in love, you, and like, that's kind of like, <laughs> like you're a lot of your primary purposes of life, you know, cause mm-hmm. those always kind of lead to other things. So it's like really <clears throat> going down to like the, the, the bare bones of like, just like what it means to, to live a life. Uh, and, and in the, the way that they do that, uh, and like you said, like, uh, the in tapping it into like you know the 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 sexual angle of it you know of her like uh, the the stages of it being like okay this is what it's like to like when it's sex that I don't want and I'm not expecting mm-hmm. and then it's like oh like this is and then because it's like twice you know uh she uh you know men try to have sex with her and then she doesn't like it like it's like it's uh, you know and there and there's definitely some queer elements too like of just like kind of this uh openness of like it it's almost interesting that's like she doesn't seem to like penetration at first you know until like it's like a yeah. until she gets to feel it from the other side and then she's like oh okay like this is what it's like when it's like you want this you know when mm-hmm. she is boris and then um and then when she uh has her fourth her fourth life the one that she like kind of lives out and falls in love um she gets to see what it's like you know when it's like you know uh what it's like for 
to have the the positive sex experience, but as a woman, um, yeah. you know, versus, and like you said, it's like kind of a, a, a way of looking at it. it's like how different people enjoy sex, but it's also not just that it's like also the, the circumstances, you know, like, is it sex that it's, you know, that both people are like, you know, the simple things of like, is it sex that both people are wanting? Is it sex yeah. because they have feelings for each other, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think it also, it's not just like, the, you know, no consent, bad consent. Good. You know, like, it's not just that, like there is sex that she does have with, with others that even is consensual. She kind of lures one guy in, but it seems just kind of like a means to an end of like, well, I know how men act and I know like how I can use that to my advantage. And I think that when we do see her, there is a real difference of just having sex for pleasure, but also having like that emotional intimacy as well. I think that the film like is able to explore those ideas in an interesting way. I think for myself, and it was something that I felt, you know, like strangely early on in the movie is I, I, I don't know if this being a movie is necessarily like the best avenue to tell this story. I actually feel like a short story or like a novella would have been a far more like thorough examination of this character, really allowing the reader to like spend a lot of time in this given period. But given the fact that the movie is not the longest thing in the world, it's certainly not short, but I think it's brief enough to where a lot of these different experiences are covered in 15 minutes and 20 minutes or so in these different lives that she leads you're not really given enough time to be in them for it to maybe that was kind of why it's stunting my ability to like really emotionally invest in these characters is you're not really given that time to like plant roots you know giving it getting a chance to be with this character and have these different experiences but also like I don't know if I was a witch and I could be a dog, I'd want to, you know, hang out in that body for a while. There was a period in this where she like, you know, is a dog and it's like three minutes. I was just mm -hmm. kind of like a little bit more of like, Ooh, what's life like as a pup? You know, that could be really interesting, but the movie just kind of, it's, it's, it's really brief. So I don't know. Do, do you think that, or was there anything about this movie that you think lends itself to being more cinematic and, and rather than a book? Or do you think it could be both? I mean, you know me, I don't mind long movies. I'll always take more movie. Um mm -hmm. but um for if it was like to keep it the same runtime, I could see um maybe um shortening uh the kind of stuff at the beginning, the lead in like before she like is actually like turned into a witch and like is able to then start having those experiences cuz then like you said like you you invest in that part and you're like, "Oh, I want to see like, you know, it, each of these kind of explored a little bit more." And then it kind of, yeah, they, they go a little fast, especially like the last one, which is the one that you're like, are really supposed to like, you know, get invested in, which I was yeah. still like, I was still invested just because it was just like, oh, okay, look, third time the charm. She finally got to like grow up as a happy kid and like got to like yeah. have those experiences and then got to, you know, fall in love. And like, she fell in love with like the other mutant, the village, um, who like people were like mean to. So it's like, you know, like it, it and it sucks that that section is as short as it is because that is like supposed to be the one where you like really get to feel it. And then it's like, you know, and then, but, and then that is even still cut short because then we still got to wrap things up with Maria when she comes back into, you know, is uh, just petty and jealous as fuck of her is just like, Oh my yeah. God, like you get to have this. I don't like that. And then like, you know, mm -hmm. kills her, kills her kids. So it's like, yeah, I wish, um, 
we could have gotten to, yeah, maybe, uh, or I think, uh, I think maybe like what you were saying, like, um, I like, or would you, or I guess I'll ask you, would you have rather either a, like we still get the same, like four, you know, transformation, like lives that she gets to live. Would you want to explore those four in depth more, or would you want to see more, uh, angles and perspectives and like, oh, see so her get to take more forms? Certainly not that. Cause like, I think this movie's kind of spread thin as is, I think maybe having more of an opportunity to spend time with these characters. And I also think that they're, you know, in that maybe getting to, to live in this kind of pocket for more, uh, more time, I think would also, you know, serve to kind of flesh out another angle of this movie, which I think we can, uh, we can talk about as well is like maternity. Um, this movie has a lot of themes of motherhood and what that looks like. We even get to encounter mothers of these people that she inhabits, you know, like Mm -hmm. we get to see their mothers and like how they act. And, uh, the, uh, the um uh, the new mirror pace like her character's mother is like really nurturing and is trying to help her daughter who she thinks is like losing her mind i think they call it woman sickness which got a, like a big laugh out of me um they're like ah she's got woman well, sickness wo- woman know? madness <laughs> woman <laughs> madness which i was like ah oh, you know ah oh, we've all been there women madness you know i hate when you like gotta pers- go, you know go over to the counter your walgreens to get your daily prescription of anti-woman madness pills <laughs> Shortly after, mind you, small tangent, this woman gives birth. Uh, woman gives birth and they say back to the corn and she's just like back to the field just like you know with blood and her like her cloak or whatever she, her nightie and that she's wearing see and you're telling ridiculous. me that's not scary this is so that's horrifying you just yeah, have a baby a, have to go back to work uh, Jesus the patriarchy that's the real horror in this movie am I right but yeah I, I think that getting a chance to like explore not just these people but like the context in which these people live, I think could maybe, I don't know, uh, explore this more, get a chance to kind of, again, kind of like get a firm emotional foothold because I think it's so brief that I don't necessarily get to kind of feel the push and pull of like that life seemed to really explore this side of humanity versus this other one. Like with the motherhood angle alone, it's just kind of like, I don't know, some moms are selfish and they want you to be just like them. Some moms are a little overprotective and are, you know, afraid for you to like really go out and experience the world. So they shelter you from that. Some moms are nice, you know, like I guess it's just, again, the the word of the day for myself seems to just be like broadness. Like it's so broad that it's just kind of like, I don't know, what do you think? You know? <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, there's, there's definitely some different angles on maternity because, you know, there's, and it, but it's all, but it, they tap into it by, you know, the different viewings of like how society, uh, you know, uh, views maternity and how they tell you or like about maternity versus, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Navina gets to be in this, you know, very, um, specific situation to where it's like, you know, she is able to like kind of take everything uh, you know, on her own terms versus like Maria's like, just like, just like stuck in saying like, Oh no, like I'm telling you, this is like the way that things are going to be. And like, Hey, like I, and like the, the story of her, like, you know, she's told around as a, as a folktale in the village. 
and everybody's like and like whenever she comes she's like oh like you you want a daughter right like that's what you still want and then she's like mm-hmm. uh no because the last time i wanted a daughter is how i ended up like this uh yeah. she's just like no i just want to eat your kid and like so it's like but which like, is a, a really funny start to the movie she's like don't take my daughter you know and she's like you think i want this fucking thing and i was like preach sister preach you know <laughs> yeah so it's like even though the you know the the legend of old maid maria is like oh yeah all she still wants is to have a daughter and she's like no i've been past that i've been past that for 200 years i could have had a kid if i wanted to already i just yeah. have chosen not to um and then you know but then uh you know navina uh is you know again like in the situation where she's just like so impressionable and is like you know is able like kind of take everything in and uh kind of just like learn it for her on her own merits like it doesn't matter if society is telling me that this is the way it is um you know because she doesn't communicate with society the same way that you know everyone else does and she doesn't have to and then she doesn't have maria you know like uh, guiding her either doesn't have a mother anymore either so it's like she really is just like taking everything in on her own terms and I mm-hmm. think that's like kind of fascinating that she's like you know for better or worse that she is you know just like willing to be able to like still try to have those experiences and find out herself yeah and I think that's where the film like connected with me the most is seeing Navina kind of kind of go through the mundanity of life or what most of us can would consider to be like pretty mundane and like seeing her see the world through fresh eyes and being just like amused and and you know completely beside herself in regards to like anything like it's hanging clothes on a clothes wire and have it dripping water or just seeing someone cry and what you know what did she call them eye water you know and having this kind of unique experience for everything I think it does kind of like it, I, I I thought that was an endearing part of the character is that they because they were sheltered for so long they get to see all of the beauty that life has to offer kind of like for the first time I thought that that was like a, a really sweet part of the character yeah I think they touched on it on like they they did a a great job of like again like kind of showing the highs and lows of that of like you know, like just these simple pleasures that she gets, like, especially like whenever you finally get to see her, like live out the life as the child, you know, and she, and she's finally like doing all the things that she was already doing in these adult forms, but like now she's allowed to, you know, and it's, and she's embraced for it. And like, and then she's like, oh, okay, like this is great. But then even when there's, uh, you know, still other, you know, like kind of harsher lessons, like again, like whenever she is, basilica and she's like kind of like oh like i'm not supposed to say anything i'm also not supposed to cry but the man wants me to cry but i'm not gonna you know and like kind of like learning these like very tough lessons as well um were like kind of very um were very endearing so yeah i i, I was very much here for just like kind of um like because like i just like kept thinking of like every time like a certain situation would happen I would like think to myself like what would it be like to like be having this experience like knowing where her mindset is of like never having any of this you know like like what and like the whenever uh she is uh in Boris's body and then she has you know her first experience of pleasurable sex like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh like the the because uh they've been doing that uh you know ASMR voiceover and she just like makes a sound into the mic when he makes yeah. his O face and it is like but like at the same time I like, kind of thought I'm like 
I was like trying to think to myself. I was like, I was like, yeah, it kind of was what it was like the first time you like really had that like really great <laughs> sex, you know, like it's like so like really getting to like kind of put yourself into like that mindset of like, you know, what was it like for this like first time kind of thing, you know, is yeah. uh, very interesting. Now you had already mentioned it, uh, and we won't we won't like go into it uh, too too much more. It really is just kind of like to each his own kind of thing. But that ASMR quality that you were talking about, then it's a it's a constant narration throughout the entire movie, uh, because the the character being mute, it, we really just get to spend time in their own head, just kind of uh, talking about these different experiences. But I found that so annoying, <laughs> and it's not even like was the it, narrations like, annoying. Was it the voice or was it the like the what it was saying? Which part? It's of the it? fact <laughs> that she's she's up to the mic and she's talking like this the entire movie, and it's like she sounds like she's swallowing the microphone, and it's like that the whole time. I'm not an ASMR kind no, of no. guy. I know that's some people's shit, and it like tickles your brain or whatever. People really like that kind of thing. For me, I was like please make it stop and it just was the whole movie and <laughs> so i'm like trying to maybe that's why i'm like i wish i could just read this i wish this was a book and i could just enjoy that without having her like in my head <laughs> like she's so close to the microphone i feel like she's like you know penetrating my ears exactly <laughs> are you in her head is she in your or is she in yours like it i feel like i don't know it really like, makes again, you think you know it, it does kind of <laughs> like add into like the 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 experience of like you know like like to you know make this character a true audience surrogate you know and like when it's yeah. like when you're like listening to them talking you can feel them talking like from like the like because like yeah the the whatever they did with the sound mix to where they were like so up on the mic and like you even hear some of like the plosives on the yeah, mic you it's see like, her you hear like mouth like you know like that yeah, i'm just like ah, god but like <laughs> i'm like i'm feeling you talk so it's like i'm talking too like it's like i don't know like it uh it, again yeah it is a uh, just uh on what kind of like experiences you like when you're watching yeah. i think i can totally feel like uh in the way that like yeah like like sinking into between that and the way that uh you know the camera just like kind of uh floats and lingers around and uh some of the cuts are very abrupt and like it's a you know uh you know this is very much a i can see why uh this might not have made a ton of people's top tens because this is like kind of a very uh, specific uh type of movie i saw even like some reviews saying like is this too artsy for its own good all those kind of things and uh, again, if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, tell a classic folk tale, you might as well do it with some with some ASMR flair to it, I guess. You know, <laughs> like uh, yeah. and and creating just uh this like kind of very singular experience that uh it it, it again like it like you said it, it doesn't feel much like a movie. Uh, like it either feels like a novella, but then it also feels like like a like a like a audio like an audio recording of a poem or something. Yeah. Uh, in in a weird way and i which i loved i also i liked um just like the way that they even um made you know navina's sentences like so broken and like kind of uh she like kind of spoke in her own way because of you know the way that she like came up and you know did not learn to to speak and you know uh have you know conversate so um it, you know seeing that and like some of these uh some of the lines of dialogue were just like kind of written like these like kind of like little poetic couplets and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the the movie does as you had already mentioned 
really does have this poetic quality, especially in the narration. That's like a vast, the movie's not crazy dialogue heavy uh, between characters. It's mostly that. So you're kind of experiencing the world as they are, like really just listening rather than talking, you know, which I do think makes for a unique experience. And I, I, I think I'm trying to censor myself a little bit because there's a, a movie that I think does this kind of story a bit better uh not just a bit quite a bit better uh and we'll get to that when when i talk to my movie math because i think that this film is certainly inspired by that movie but yeah i i think it, it is a personal preference thing i know a lot of people would that kind of intimacy into the microphone and i apologize to our listeners devon feel free to edit that down <laughs> and, you know in post i don't want to kill any of our oh, listeners no. as they're you know driving and they're like jesus christ but uh anyway i i think that this movie is kind of this vague sort of you know again not to use this uh term again but this broad stroke sort of analogy for maternity and womanhood and just the human experience and like all the beauties and the horror that life has to offer and i appreciate it kind of telling this story through the the eyes of kind of this unconventional protagonist of being a witch and being you know certainly an unconventional per like you know portrayal of a witch i think that the movie gets like you know, points for being unique and, and kind of having this odd sort of approach to this idea. I just don't think it's like for being a movie about the human experience. I don't think that the movie is itself very human. I don't think that the film does kind of elicit this sort of quality to where I'm able to feel the peaks and valleys of, you know, being a person and, and the, you know, like the immense sorrow that you can feel as being a human and like the immense joy that you can feel and laughter and all of these different facets of of being a person on earth you know and, and all of the different things that you get to experience in this walk of life and i i don't think that the film was able to offer that ver, you know variety in emotions for me other than just kind of being a spectator and watching this person kind of hop throughout these bodies so yeah like it, it gets points for originality but you know really not much else for me unfortunately. yeah it's a it's a tall it's a tall <clears throat> it's a tall order because it's like obviously like this movie is so broad and like it they do it and they do this period piece to be able to do that and you know and and maybe like the movie is too broad in a sense but i feel like that it's the only way to kind of be able to give this kind of experience like in its like more you know pure form versus like if you did try to you know do this exact story and do everything mm -hmm. the same but like say in more modern times everything then is so much more specific and then like again then if you like also like you know don't gel with the character then it's still not gonna do it so it's like i guess it, in being able to do it this way yeah. it's it and <coughs> And and doing it this way, it taps into an emotion that we can't really experience, you know, because this is so far back in the past. It is so foreign and so different than what we know as the current, you know, experience of life. You know, we we can't really we can't experience that because it's just behind us. So uh, being able to make this just as broad as it can be um, is like kind of, I don't know, maybe the way to like try to put you in the mindset of being able yeah. to uh connect with it but you know it is uh it is it's not a it's a movie that definitely uh isn't gonna work for everybody 
Um, sure. But um, but I don't know something about it. Just uh, it it really uh, resonated on my on my frequency. Um, yeah. So we can go ahead and uh, get to our uh, final thoughts here. Out of uh, we'll do it out of five. Out of five. Uh, hmm. There's not many items in this. Uh, five uh, buckets of goat milk. Um, because, because, uh, <laughs> uh, I love Navina and, uh, her, uh, milk fetish scene with her husband at the end. That was yeah. uh, very sexy. Not going to lie. And, uh, but, but then, yeah. but <laughs> I was going to say, but before we, before we get to like final thoughts and feel free to change this in the edit, if you want to, uh, or not, it's up to you, but I wanted to get your, uh, your thoughts. Oh, on I also the, the... did have another thing too. So yeah, we'll keep going. No worries. Uh, yeah, but before we end up getting to final thoughts and wrapping things up, I wanted to get your thoughts on the title of the movie because I think it's an interesting one. Uh, and I didn't know. Uh, I like titles that kind of have this double meaning or maybe a less obvious meaning rather than just, you know, the, the character's name or something like that. What did you get from the, the title of You Won't Be Alone? So, um, yeah, the, I, well, one, I do love it because it does like kind of sound like the name of a poem, you know, um, if anybody follows me on Twitter, I bitch about boring movie titles at least once a week. Um, and so I'm always uh, here for uh, something a little different and, um, but cause there's a line at the beginning, uh, whenever, uh, Maria is, uh, you know, trying to take Navina as a baby and Navina's mother, um, is saying like, oh, like. The, the the story about you is like you want a you want a daughter you want a companion so that way you don't have to be alone um yeah. uh, um you know in this and uh so like the the way that it like kind of ties into i guess Navina's story is like the fact that she she is alone you know for this like kind of coming of age that she's having and uh, that that she's having, but it almost is like saying to the audience, like, "Hey, like, even though she ha- is having this coming of age experience, you won't like, because like, lucky for you, you hopefully, you know, have a loving family, or you're in a situation like had a good upbringing, got to experience life. Uh, unfortunately, she didn't get to have this, and this is what it would be like if you were kind of like coming of age alone." Um, maybe is uh, kind of what what I get from it. What about you? I think it is. If this is kind of this, you know, uh, this tapestry of the human experience and being able to show the 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 many facets and you know the things that you'll encounter in your life, I think that it's saying that like in all of this, at least you won't be alone. Like you might like experience loneliness but i don't think it's the true isolation that we see this character have from like her upbringing of literally literally being locked inside of this cage i think it is kind of showing all of these different people that for good or ill like interact with you throughout your life mm-hmm. kind of make up that life that you have so it's like yeah life life might suck or life might be great and you know for a lack of better words at least you won't be alone at least that's kind of how i read it maybe no that that makes a lot of sense because it also um cuz that kind of comes into um cuz there is a lot of uh, uh focus on uh the interactions that she has with like the the family members of the people that like she is portraying now you know like who is now her family but you know typically isn't um and like the the different ways that she sees that you know like uh the the 
first one with like Basilka's uh, mother-in-law, like kind of mm-hmm. uh, showing her, you know, how to how to do everything. Thinks that because the the husband's abusing her, that's why she's like gone mute. It's like, okay, I gotta like reteach you like how to be a a working wife again. And then like, but then like um, contrast that to like later, like whenever she does like lead uh, her uh, final life, and she like is really like uh, you know finds a corner or a a different village that is like kind of more tight-knit and they're more accepting and loving and she like is like kind of um has like all these like embraced you know people embracing her around um like especially like their like wedding was like very wholesome it was like oh this is like really nice Mm -hmm. like and she's like finally like surrounded um by like you know like uh like by that but but yeah uh totally uh like your take on it uh, my other question that I totally forgot that I meant to ask was, um, would, because this movie obviously, um, is painting in broad, broad strokes about like, you know, the way of life, but this is, you know, a, uh, female protagonist and learning kind of a lot of things about gender dynamics of being a woman and, uh, things like that. But this was written and directed by a man. So mm-hmm. do you think that this movie, uh, could have used a, uh, a, uh, a woman's touch? I, I certainly think so. I think uh, a lot of movies could use a woman's touch, even if it's not specifically about, you know, being a woman and the kind of the female experience. I think that lots of films could benefit from that, the least of which being a movie that is about womanhood. Um, I think that this film, you know, being produced by women, uh, uh, by women, uh, Numi Rapace was involved in the production of this, so she might have even had some creative say as well. I would certainly hope that she did. Um, I just think that this film is so, you know, in my you know discussion of this, is so general and doesn't offer that many insights of what it's like being a woman beyond like, gee, men can be pretty abusive, can't they? I don't think that the film is quite uh intricate or detailed enough to really offer like a nuanced perspective of femininity i think motherhood is like the closest that it gets in showing like the different facets of motherhood but i don't think that the film like makes too many statements or like has that many things to say about what it means to be a woman and that could be because the director doesn't no, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I think it certainly could help. I don't think it's going to harm the film. If that's what you're no. asking, you know. <laughs> no, and 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 I think it's interesting because he is a gay man, um. So I find that fascinating. So it's like he's kind of twice removed, and so I think it almost uh, helps on the at least the neutrality of it all of him like trying to kind of show both sides. Because like, uh, this is you know, uh, you know, showing uh things about the coming of age of a woman. But then, and these are also all, you know, heterosexual uh, relationships being explored as well. So yeah. it's like, I think that almost maybe kind of puts him on even more neutral footing as like to like kind of be able to, um, you know, paint it more broadly as an outsider. But maybe that also, yeah. but maybe that also, um, you know, goes into how they're not kind of making as uh, strong statements on either way of, you know, the gender dynamics. Yeah, I don't think it's like a deal breaker of like, oh, no, you can't make a movie like this unless you're a woman. I think that there are plenty of examples of films that are about, you know, uh, what it means to be a woman. Eighth Grade, for example, Bo Burnham directing that. Really loved that movie, and I find that film to be, like, really insightful, surprisingly. And I just think that this film, like definitely could have benefited from that and maybe who knows like could have really nailed down that kind of like specificity uh or really also given those those 
those peaks, those emotional peaks of the, the splendors of life and the happiness and the joy that you can experience in life rather than just kind of being this emotional flat line of a movie that this was for me. I don't know. Who's to say? Yeah. I mean, and this was also his uh, directorial debut. Um, mm-hmm. So I will say for a debut, this is uh, uh, handled uh, on a technical level very well. Um, yeah. And uh, and very bold and ambitious. Uh, intrigued to see uh, what he will end up doing next. Um, so now I guess we'll go ahead and get into our final thoughts. Um, out of five buckets of goat milk, I'm sticking with that one. Um, and uh, for me, I gave this one a four and a half out of five. Um, for for uh, my rating, just because um, again, I think uh, yeah, I think uh, I do agree with you on uh, the pacing issues. Um, on again, like make this, uh, make, cause this is only an hour and 45 minutes, make this two hours and 15. I'm there. I'll, I'll sit, I'll watch the whole thing. I'll eat it up. Um, and I'll eat it up just that, the way that they eat up, uh, the blood of the <laughs> rabbits that they hunt here. I love the, uh, the scene of Maria, like teaching Navina, like trying to explain like, no, you, you don't play yeah. with animals. We eat them. You see here, ah, it gives you, gives you a nourishment. Like it was, uh, and just like jams her face in it. Yeah. Um. But but yeah. This uh. This movie for me. Uh. It, it. The the. For some reason, the broad strokes just do really hit with me. Uh. In a way that I was able to like kind of um. You know like it, it made me kind of just like think of these and like a you know put like a sociology like kind of helmet on like while I'm like kind of thinking of uh the 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 big bigness of it and um and I did like kind of just feel that um you know like that that bare bones like hey like you know like this is life, you know, things are good, things are bad, like, you fall in love, you work, people around you, some of them suck, some of them are cool, but, like, you know, like, that life, I don't know, like, it, that, in being able to see that through a, uh, very, like, kind of just weird, uh, you know, witchy genre film, yeah. um, is, uh, is a, uh, interesting, uh, mix for me that I, uh, definitely did not have on my 2022 bingo card, um and uh but i very much enjoyed it so and it stylistically the 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 look of it the sound um i really like the the different um you know the the score really shows a range of emotions that Navina's feeling as well in yeah. uh, kind of setting these different tones and even the way that they use like the lighting and color like the the whole like boris section is like golden um, because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, like, look how like cool it is to be a, a young, beefy, hot man that just like <laughs> he works but gets everything else he wants and can frolic around. And you got to go naked, you know, skinny dipping with you with the boys and <laughs> all these things, you know, like uh, so being able to like show those distinctions with like the the music changes and the, the visual uh, cues as well were really cool. And uh, I just found this uh, film uh, super duper unique and uh, it's uh, added to another because, um, again, I've never, uh, witches uh, never really uh, appealed all that much to me as far as, um, you know, horror, horror creatures, monsters go. And uh, this was a very unique take on it. So, yeah, four, out of, four and a half out of five for me. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I've pretty much said, like, a lot <laughs> of my thoughts on the film. So I, I won't try to beat a dead horse or a dead donkey in this movie's case. But I think that for myself, like I've said, I think that it, it it's you like to use the word calibration a lot. It really is like a sense of calibration in this that it's like for me, I'm like, yeah, the movie's really broad. The movie's really vague. And it is like really kind of illustrating this picture of the human experience and all of the different facets that it has to offer. 
and that's like a criticism, but also it's just like a fact of the matter, you know, like this mm-hmm. is what the movie is. And I think because of that, I think that the film really needs to nail down, you know, taking the audience on this journey of making it, making us feel like we have experienced the human experience in this movie and making us feel like we do relate to parts of this movie for, you know, good or bad. And, you know, reminds us of like, uh, you know, again, all of the different things that life has to offer. I think that the film is just really, uh, like me an emotionally meandering film i don't think that the film offers too much variety structure wise either i think the film is kind of a rinse and repeat of you know we get to see her transform into this person and she experiences this thing and then she gets bored and moves on to somebody else you know i don't think that the film was really able to like take me along and make me feel like this person feels and you know make me feel as an audience member really any sort of way i admire the boldness of the film i think as a debut it's like it's certainly catching um i think it's it really has uh, uh really planted its foot like stylistically and I, I i'd be curious to see what this filmmaker is going to work on in the future i just think for myself the movie didn't really move the needle for me which i've kind of relegated in my own personal rating to be like right in the middle so for me, this is a 2.5 out of 5 uh, jugs of milk for me of just kind of being like, yeah, there's stuff I like. There's stuff that I certainly dislike, but it's not much of a push or pull either way to even make me like super remember this movie. So I think, you know, give me a, a couple of weeks time and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I, I did see that. I don't think it's really going to stick with me. Yeah, I think uh, it sounds like you could have used maybe just a little more sense of purpose from it. And for me, I'm like, you know what? I don't even need a purpose. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> here. I'm just here to to listen to the to the to the whispers on the mic. <laughs> oh <God. laughs> ain't that ain't that life? You know, some people want purpose. Some people just want to whisper into a microphone, which is what we're doing here, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh let's uh, see what other movies uh, we were thinking about when we were talking about you won't be alone. Alrighty, here on the Spectre Cinema Club, we like to end all of our episodes playing a game called Movie Math. Uh, you just have to take a few movies that reminded you of the film, and you got to put them into an equation. Uh, you can subtract, multiply, multiply, divide, you know, whatever you want to do. Uh, just has to equal the film that we talked about today. Uh, this was an interesting one for me. I did lots of shuffling, lots of arranging, so I'm curious to see wh- where you landed and uh, what your equation is for the film that we discussed today, Devon. Yeah, this one was uh, kind of tough uh, because this is a very uh, unique and kind of very specific movie. So it was like kind of hard to uh, think of uh, movies off the top of my head that would kind of go with it. So I was like trying to find, I was like, all right, where are the witch elements I'm seeing and where are like kind of uh, this unique coming of age elements I'm seeing. So uh, one also came out this past year uh, called Hellbender. Was a uh, another coming of age witch movie, um, and kind of depicts witchcraft in a similar way, where it's like they kind of learn their spells through like you know nature and blood and like these things. And it's like very instinctual, and it's a a, a mother and a daughter, and uh, it's um you know the the mother homeschools the the daughter, and then once her like powers start coming out, she has to like kind of start teaching her how to use her witch abilities and like what this means for her. Um, and like, you know, because of what has happened to the previous witches in their family. Um, it's a very modern uh, take on like a, the kind of the typical witch story 
um, you know, and has a lot of similar things in here. <clears throat> it's also um, kind of a, a experiment. Well, I wouldn't call it experimental, but it's very low budget. It's like was made by his family that like all makes movies together. Like it's like the, the mother and daughter are like actual mother and daughter in real life. And then the dad is directing and they make all the music themselves and everything. Hmm. Uh, so uh, it's on shutter. Uh, you can check that one out. <clears throat> and um, so I have that um, multiplied with uh, AI artificial intelligence um, from uh, Steven Spielberg. And this uh, kind of has, um, a, a similar, um, you know, of like taking the, uh, coming of age format, but kind of, uh, you know, putting all these different twists on it and, uh, you know, seeing it in a different way. And, um, you know, an AI, the, uh, the, the main character is this like, you know, AI robot that had a purpose, but then once, um, it's, pr it doesn't serve its purpose anymore. It's kind of then shunned off into the world and he doesn't fit in with the humans, doesn't fit in with the robots and uh, kind of has to figure out his own way of life and like what life means for him now. Um, whenever his, you know, purpose that he has been told is his purpose is then taken away from him. Um, mm -hmm. and it's a very, you know, sprawling, uh, odyssey of a movie, you know, two and a half hours, um, but it's a uh, one of my one of my more favorite Spielberg movies. Um, definitely, um, very very heart wrenching. Some great performances in there. Uh, Haley Joel Osment and uh, Jude Law. Um, it, it's a really good movie, and uh, I kind of see uh, if you just multiply that and Hellbender together, it's uh, as close as you're gonna get to you won't be alone. At least uh, from what I could come up with. What about you? Yeah, it's interesting. Hellbender uh, and this have like a pretty similar like Rotten Tomatoes ratios to where it's like a really high critic score. And then the audience score is like pretty, you know, significantly like of a drop. So both of these seem to be, you know, these artsy indie, uh, you know, kind of horror films that maybe don't click as well with the audience. This seems to be a little bit more appreciated by by horror fans than than Hellbender does, but I, I haven't seen that one, so I'll definitely uh, add that to my list. Uh, for myself, I have The Woman, uh, which is from 2011, uh, which is also about this this woman who, like, is kind of... You don't has, say. Yeah, you know, no shit. Yeah, has this sort of, like, reclusive life in the woods, is really sheltered from the rest of society and is you know introduced in like more of a modern day so not as much to do with this film but I think it is more of this story of this person who has been stripped of the opportunity to interact with the outside world especially men and then once that's introduced they really get to kind of uncover the horror of how like women are viewed by men in society so i'm adding that with room uh the jacob tremblay brie larson film because that too is about a like a child and is about this person who hasn't experienced any of the outside world believes this to be kind of what the the rest of the world is and the movie is really about maternity and motherhood and you know re-experiencing life and you know kind of again the beauty and the horror of life um and then i am multiplying that by Terrence Malick's The Tree of Life, which I think has the most similarities with this film and is really, I would say, is like a common ancestor of this movie because that film is saying a very similar thing, not as like gender focused, uh, but is 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 even more um, kind of general of, a, of an approach. But I think that movie is calibrated in a way to really 
take you on this emotional journey. It's also shot in a similar way. Lots of close-ups. I think that this movie is visually tipping its hat to Terrence Malick uh, in a, a pretty obvious way that I, I think is is quite referential of a lot of his work, but I think the Tree of Life in particular. So I think there's some thematic parallels between that as well as some visual ones too, which is why I have it multiplied because it's like, it's just a vibe, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it, it really, it's, it's a total vibe, uh, like similarity there, but also I think that there's some, uh, thematic, uh, similarities there too. But I also just want to applaud us. We didn't mention the witch like at all <laughs> in this conversation. Uh, I didn't want to include it in my, uh, equation. So I'm proud of us that we weren't like, you know, women and, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, they femininity are... and witches. Oh, yeah. No, know? they're, 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 they're the, these two movies are actually completely different. They are totally uh, yeah. like totally totally different actually despite just the the period piece angle and the the witch part of it and uh yeah and uh definitely in the letterbox reviews for this movie um a lot of mentions of terrence malick and a lot of uh, tree of life comparisons um i've only seen a few of terrence malick films but tree of life is not one of them so i do need to get on that talk about yeah hit or miss uh filmmakers and people that are a, a little uh, a little device of Terrence Malick is one for me that like I really love some of his movies and I despise others so I uh, would be curious to see where you land because I know you're a big song for song guy and I want to shove ice picks in my eyes rather than a, watch that movie I wouldn't say again. I'm a big song for song guy I gave it like four <laughs> out of five but I haven't watched it since it was like kind of one of those I like Night of Cups more than I liked uh, song song to song but uh Fair. but uh speaking of uh divisive directors um, but we get to start a new theme next month, and uh, we are uh, getting into one of the most divisive of them all. Mr. M. Night Shyamalan is gracing us with a new film um, that we're going to be kicking off the month with, uh, talking Knock at the Cabin, and then some more entries in his filmography. I am stoked for this. Yes, I'm very excited. We have some fun guests coming on and definitely uh, a filmmaker that, yeah, is like one of the most divisive, started super high for a lot of people, then, you know, hailed as like the second coming of cinematic Christ and, you know, oh, oh how they fell in a lot of people's eyes, um, less so in mine. So I'm excited to uh, discuss that and uh, to get your Shyamalan takes. I don't believe I'm aware of where you stand on a lot of Shyamalan movies, so I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I don't think we really have gotten into it, but uh, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of the guy. I'll say that. I'll say I say I'm a big fan, and I think he's really only got one miss. Um, that that I, that'll be my uh, hot take to to tease you guys uh, going into next week's episode. Um, but uh, until we get to that, uh, what are you working on right now, bud? Uh, as of right now, uh, not super active on on TikTok. Certainly, kind of like really ramping up into the the movie side of the year. So, going to be getting lots of releases uh, uh, coming as we get further into 2023. But um, I will be posting some th- some things as soon as we get some movies. I'm going to be seeing an Infinity Pool this weekend. So, if you're curious on uh, how that's going to shape out, you can follow me on TikTok at Garrett McDowell. Um, but I'm very uh, often on, and will be shortly recording after the recording of this of my Star Wars podcast, uh, Scum and Villainy. Um, if you're a fan of Star Wars or just some other genre podcast, uh, you can uh, follow us on over there, available on wherever podcasts are sold. What about you? Um, I'm not doing it too much at the moment. Um, I think um, whenever this comes out uh, on Pod and Pendulum, we'll be starting the, the Purge franchise, so I'll be hopping in for a few of those. So if you want to uh, get caught up on your Purge movies for those conversations, I'd start doing that now. 
Um, I think I'm also uh, going to be talking uh, Phantasm Ravager over there also, um, closing out the Phantasm series. Um, so go over there and you can hear me. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Daddy Disco um, and on Letterboxd also. Oh, and um, I'll be um, appearing on uh, Hornblood Fire talking excision uh, here in a couple of weeks. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for that one. But... Now go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Spectre Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Subscribe to not miss a thing. You can follow us on social media at Spectre Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars, a nice little review. We appreciate you. But until next time, guys, stay lifted.